It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Pitching In. My name is Jason Mackey alongside Michael McHenry. As always, we're brought to you by the North Shore Tavern. If you like baseball, you'll love the North Shore Tavern. The interior is wall-to-wall pirates. There are appetizers, entrees, cocktails, and of course, steak and seafood on a sizzling lava stone open every day. The North Shore Tavern across from PNC Park. It's your home for steak on a stone, and this is your home, your podcast for pirates. Baseball talk, off-season talk, MLB talk, all kinds of stuff. Um, Not too terribly busy right now for it, but I think there's plenty to get into here, primarily because of the nugget with Johan Oviedo and him going through some arm troubles. That's going to be our lead today. We also have a lot of stuff to get into, though, roster-wise. Ford has some feelings about JT Brubaker, where they're at right now at 39, what might happen the rest of the week. We'll see. I want to dive into some of the Rule 5 protection stuff that went on earlier this week, what the Pirates did, what they didn't do. We're also going to talk a little Henry Davis. But for it right now, Oviedo is having some arm-elbow problems. Um, not good, my friend. Not good. What was your reaction to, to seeing that? Uh, honestly, I wasn't surprised. I mean... Why? Really? Yeah. I mean, you look at what, what they have done over the last couple of years trying to protect guys with innings. You trade for Oviedo... You give away Quintana and he comes here. You put him in AAA because we got to build up his innings. We got to, we got to do these things right, have the processes in place, bring him up at the right time because he's never started in the big leagues prior to putting yeah. on a Pirates uniform. Not this much. Yeah. And then, yeah, he's never done it this much, not even in the minor leagues, not even close. And we had two starters the last two months. So I, I think he's a workhorse. I think he was pitching with some issues, maybe throughout the year because he's a guy that would do that. And he's a guy that would be able to do it well. A.J. Burnett did it for an entire year, and he finished his career with a torn UCL. So I think he'll be fine. I, I don't know. Um, I, I tried to dig in today a little bit to find out, you know, kind of where they're going to go with it. They haven't decided yet. He's going to try to figure it out. But if he can pitch in the spring, he's going to pitch. I mean, that's that's bottom line. But, yeah, it's not good. It's never good. And it's it's more to the trend that we've seen around Major League Baseball. Yeah, I mean, my reporting and digging into this is, you know, it's obviously not Tommy John. Um, It's almost trying to avoid Tommy John um, and that that's probably the most logical outcome here. Um, I I can't remember the last case I've heard where Tommy John was on the table and somebody successfully dodged it. It's almost like I'm going to respect the player's wishes to not have this done. But like we all we all know how this movie ends. Um, and I don't, I don't love that aspect about it. Um, you know, I, I understand why the pirates did what they did with two starters down the stretch, but I think we're yeah. going to look back and really regret 
them running Oviedo as hard as they did. Um, you know, 177 and two thirds innings. Uh, <laughs> I, it was over 60 innings of a jump from the previous year when talking about minor league stuff. And I mean, you see teams get skittish and the pirates are one where they're bumping innings like by 20 and all of a sudden we've just went 60 and the guy screwed up his elbow. I, I do worry, maybe this is the dinosaur in me too, but guys that are so slider heavy and snap heavy on things with Oviedo was one brew bakers, another even burrows, um, was not made to bend that way to move that way that much. And, you know, it's not just the pirates. It happens all around baseball, but it's just, man, oh man. Like I, I agree with you. There were signs of seeing it coming, but it just, it stinks for Oviedo. It stinks for the pirates. It, it does. <clears throat> and too, like younger guys have a harder time repeating their mechanics. And because yeah. of that, you know, you're going to put more strain. It's not, it's not moving properly from the ground. Cause that's where all your power comes. And honestly, I, I go back to pitch design. You look at what happened with Burroughs last year. And, and JT, they both, JT went to tread, Burroughs went in for a winter development where they tried to kind of shape his slider and it was nasty. It was absolutely disgusting. They did a great job, but there is a feel to it. And a lot of these guys have done it a little bit. Max Kranick, another guy that did pitch design during 2020 and a year and a half later, he's having Tommy John. And yep. it's because they haven't trained their body to do this in December and January. I mean, they're throwing at 90 to a hundred percent. Yeah. You really just need to feel that 75, 80% really get the arm whip and feel that spin and see the movement patterns. And that'll work. But these guys are going at it so hard that I don't know if they've built up the engine to be able to do it. And that's tough. Cause they do it all year. Yeah. And we've talked about it. Me and Rachel uh, had a conversation. He goes, man, the, the touch and feels just died, you know, yeah. and, and back I remember in the day Rich talking about this too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's so important. I mean, I played with guys that threw a bullpen every single day. They threw off the mound every day, never got hurt. And then I played with guys that never threw off the mound and never got hurt. Everybody's a little bit different, but the one thing they all had a process that worked for them and understood their body. I, I feel like with analytics and all the technology, sometimes they allow that to control how they actually feel like, Oh yeah, the spin's still good. You know, it's coming out good. But man, if your arm hurts, your arm hurts. If, if if you don't feel like it's coming out the right way, that's the thing. You have to match that feel with the real stuff. I hope the Pirates are looking <laughs> in the mirror. I think they need to here. Um, you know, not just with Oviedo, but uh, it, it's concerning. It's concerning. Mm -hmm. It's concerning throughout the sport. But if you go through some of the stuff we've seen with Pirates pitchers, I don't know how you take a long critical look at this stuff and, and sort of second guess what you're doing. Um, and I'm not saying they're doing everything wrong, but I think it, it requires a closer self-examination here. I mean, it's yeah. not just Oviedo, yeah. Brubaker, Burroughs, Velasquez with, you know, sort of a hybrid procedure. He had had Tommy John before on health Perdomo. And then I go down to the minor leagues and look at them sort of, for lack of a better term, killing the velocity on Luis Ortiz, Quinn Priester, Rowanzi Contreras. Some of them got it back to some degree, but I wouldn't say that they've really been far and away better. What are, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? I mean, we're we're overanalyzing how guys move, and it's not helping them get better. It's just yeah. not, and I, they they need to. Yeah, and I, I I will always put some of the blame back on the player too. I mean, they have to take ownership in their career, and at a young age, but I mean, they're being difficult. forced to change. For yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very. It's very very difficult at a young age, and I I get that. Um, that's where having a balance of guys to to kind of lean on. I mean, talking to 
um, someone today and, and the reality of not having all of the older guys around, like, I mean, just or any, T. yeah. Sorry. And, and it, it's, who do you lean on? You know, you have no other perspective except somebody from home, somebody that was a coach prior to that's not there. I think they can do some things different. I, I think they have the right approach when it comes to trying to develop these guys and do things. I think maybe they don't caught them as much. Not that that's happening everywhere, but LA's doing a great job, but they also have a really bad issue with Tommy John. You got to find that balance. And I think it's so individualized. And I think too often Mackie, and you can speak to this a little bit, these guys have a job and they're, they're protecting that job. It's what pays the bills. It's what puts food on the table. And, a lot of times they'll protect, even if they know that maybe they should go a little bit farther, pull back a little bit. They're going to follow script most of the time and not push back the industry. You're talking of, about pitchers. I'm talking about pitchers and yeah. I'm talking about staff because, okay. you know, you have a hierarchy system. That's the way it works. I mean, you're pushing everything down and a lot of the information's coming from technology down and you're following that technology when it, it really has to be a full throttle effect. And yeah. I think I think over time it's going to get better, but you just hope it's not too late. Yeah, and I, I just there's a bunch of nuance underneath this, but I just hope that the Pirates are taking a long, hard look at what they're doing in, in arm care and that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I get a lot of feedback. You guys better question that. Like, yes, we will. We'll ask you know, yeah. <laughs> questions about what are you doing and why are you doing it and whatever. But like, our questions don't mean as much as their internal quest for answers so i hope for the health of pitchers and, and for the sake of competitive baseball those things are happening so anyway okay i want to spend this well, i want to i want to tell you one example real quick right. um tyler matzik really good friend of mine um he he just he's about to i think he's full throttle now after tommy john but he had a weird accident uh somebody hit his barbell fell and it tweaked his back okay they he's one of those guys just like me he wants to know why, like what could have happened that moment in January is what ultimately caused his Tommy John in August It threw off his mechanics. It lagged his arm back and he put stressors all over his body that he shouldn't have had. That's the problem is like, I feel like a lot of these guys get to the big leagues. Some of them are extreme and they get hurt all the time. Even when they have the sniffles, other guys, they just don't say anything because they feel like it's just not going to be gone where I think that's the big kicker. It's like, if you feel something, let's make sure we walk through it. I'll never forget AAA and Tampa Bay, how good they were about, hey, we're not going to judge you. We don't care. And they kept it in-house. Like, we're going to figure it out, move forward. We didn't have any problems. Not one arm problem that year. It was, it was, it was one of the best mm. I'd ever seen. Obviously, they've had some recently, and Mike is actually the big league uh, pitching, or excuse me, the big league trainer now, but – yeah, you just got to figure out a way to make these guys really receptive and owning what they what they feel and what they, you know, ultimately, I guess, feel protected that if they say something, they're not going to be pushed back. Okay. Totally agree. Um, and it's unfortunate for Oviedo. It's unfortunate <clears throat> for the pitching program. It's also unfortunate when you look at the wins and losses for 2024 and what the heck the Pirates are going to do. They need pitching, needed pitching in a very bad way before. Right now, their starting rotation is Mitch Keller. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But hey, was he's not pitching winter ball. Like he just, he started ramping up and it just started barking. Who, Oviedo? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little fuzzy on that. I can't say that I, like in, in the process of my reporting that I I have nailed down exactly like what he started feeling and when, and, and when he reported stuff. It's a weird time, right? Um, yeah. If you're not playing, it's a weird time. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. Um, but right now, what do you do? What the heck do you do? Like they're, they're not going to sign their way out of this. Um, I think the most optimistic of us could say they were going <laughs> to get two starting pitchers via free agency. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is going to change that. I think it's probably still the optimistic of us will say two pitchers via free agency. Probably the easy argument is to say, well, it's going to be, you know, Rowanzi, Ortiz, Priester, or whatever. I mean, man, I just like those guys have to work out now. They have to work out. If I'm Oscar, I'm getting on a plane right now, going to see Rowanzi and Dominican, be like, dude, all right, we got like, it's it's serious now. I don't know. I, Maybe they left the exit meetings and it was, you know, the message was conveyed, but it's just, I, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't. <clears throat> I mean, they're going to have to sign some guys. And then Ortiz got scratched the other day in a winter bowl. Um, yeah. They're, they're, he's probably saving it up for the pirates. Yeah. No, and I, I think those guys need to throw, but with that being said, I, I think it gives opportunity. They just came out with the uh, top 10 uh, prospects. And I think we, we have five or six guys that were in those top 100. And, yeah. Uh, four of them were pitchers, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And I think it gives Bubba Chandler a chance to maybe step up in a big way next year. I think Paul Skeens, it gives him a chance to get here a little bit faster. It just changes some things. And some of these guys that were maybe really on the bubble, maybe just have a little bit smaller of a bubble. It may, it may, may not burst as fast. They got to get going, though. So let me ask you this, Fort. Would you go nuclear with Paul Skeens? I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm not asking you a question that I have a, a predetermined thought here. But prior to Johan Oviedo, I would have said, I want to see the Pirates sign two guys via free agency. You know, have Rowanzi, Ortiz, Priester, somebody step up. That's probably my five. And then I'm going to wait on Skeens, make sure I preserve the extra year of control. Not going to screw around with Super 2 as long as he pitches well. At this point, I'm, I, I'm thinking seriously, like, why the heck do I – care about another year of club control like they need to win screw everything else if he is one of your five best which i'd be stunned at this point if he's not just put him in the opening day rotation mm-hmm. what why the heck not you don't have anybody else well uh, you can't put mandates you can't protect these guys i say just let him pitch and if he's the best 
which I, I have no doubt in my mind he's going to yeah, be I mean, one of the best guys in spring training, you let him go. You know, like you take – I I have always thought this, and I think it really plays now. Take your best 25 or 26. Yeah. Take them. That, that's how that's how it should go every year. If, if this is your we're best – We're talking about adding a pitcher via free, free agency and like money they won't spend. Well, here you can add a pitcher for, for peanuts. Yeah. Well, I mean money that you've already paid in the form of a signing bonus or whatever, but like his major league salary is going to be nothing this year. Yeah. So do that. Exactly. And it'll be nothing the next year. It'll be nothing the next year. And then you can look at it and say, okay, where are we at? Right. And then you have three more years of control. Yeah. I mean, he, you just say basically, okay, well, he's going to be super two and he's going to be whatever. And, you know, you just like make, make your bed, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You're still going to have an ace for a pretty long time. Um, probably not going to retain him. So be it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't and I guess the downside of that would be like, okay, if he's not ready, maybe we're allowing him to come up here and, you know, struggle at the major league level where if we keep him down in the minors and allow him to do a little bit more, we preserve the year and, and take the lumps down there. But I, I don't know, man. Like even him taking lumps is probably better than the other options that they're going to come up with. Hey, I, I Why? say I'm with you. Fell forward. I mean, the stuff plays, they, they, they can quantify that. It plays, it grades out and it plays. He's a competitor. I think he makes people better around him. And yes, really makes he, you think. Yeah, it makes you think. And too, like you, you have to wonder, like, at some point, this whole narrative of pitch counts, protecting guys, you know, they gotta throw it out the window and say, Well, back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, when these guys were just going out drinking at night. Man, there's a better drugs. chance of Santa Claus pitching on opening day than that happening. Yeah, but at these some, guys throwing it back, come on. Well, I'm just saying, like, maybe not extreme. I know they're going to take baby steps, like I said. Like, there's not a lot of people that are going to be that extreme, but somebody's got to do it. Man, I wish. Believe me, I wish. But, I mean, I would, I would, if you would rank the organizations that are most cautious with pitching, the Pirates are top five. They have to be. I can't think of many organizations who are more cautious with young pitching. And I like I do understand it to a degree, mm-hmm. right? Like they they're trying to do what's best for the organization for these young pitchers. They're important. They're not going to spend a lot of money, so like they can't have their horses get hurt when they're younger. But I don't know. I I don't I don't see them going from that to like, hey, 140 pitches. Screw it. Put some ice on <laughs> it. They'll be good. <laughs> uh, I also think you're going to see more opening. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. That's that's how these. For anybody that's listening that doesn't know, that's how they train. I mean, these guys are, yeah. are, are training a quarter mile race, not they're, they're not training a NASCAR. They're not going lap after lap after lap trying to win. They are literally full throttle, full go all the time. So, you know, man, I was talking with somebody weird. the day of the Oviedo stuff. And I said, you know what they're going to get down to honestly is take everybody one time through the order. Everybody's going to pitch like three innings, four innings. Um, you know, the idea of a starting rotation between, you know, between starters and long relievers and whatever, it's going to be extremely muddled. And it's basically going to be like, you know, Keller, a whole bunch of whatever you want to say. And then like a back end of the bullpen guys that are a little bit more traditional to protect leads. Yeah. Short, shorten the rest time, throw more, more often, shorter innings. Yeah. I'm with you. I think that's exactly where it's going. I I was going to say Tampa Bay would be a team that protects their pitchers as much or more than the pirates, but one different, one huge difference. The pirates this past year is really the first time they had guys start that 
you know, opener phase in the minor leagues. Tampa yeah. Bay was doing it seven years ago, eight years ago to yeah. make sure guys got innings because they didn't know it all started because they didn't know what guy was going to be what they wanted yeah. to make sure they got the innings they needed. So yeah, they're, they're just f- further behind and that's just part of it. Yeah. All right. So going off of that for 40 man roster right now stands at 39 mm-hmm. after a couple moves that we'll get into um, JT Brubaker is on it. Um, they've added him back after the 60 day <laughs> injured list. Um, and just for clarity, um, you and I might feel differently about this, but the non-tender deadline is on Friday. So if the Pirates would choose to non-tender JT Brubaker or anybody else, that's going to come out on Friday. But So that's a kind of suspicion that you have, and, and you thought it was interesting that they're only at 39. Why? Uh, well, I, I hopefully that's completely whited out for our man, Andrew McCutcheon. Just keep it there. Just Who? saying, why not? Andrew McCutcheon. Thank you. Um. So uh, to, I'm going to go back to 2011, or excuse me, 2013. I was hurt. I got designated with less than a minute left to the deadline. Um, didn't even talk to Neil Huntington. I was getting onto a ship, and my phone rang. I turned it off and walked away. Um, and that's that's just the business side of baseball. Brubaker's hurt. There's really no reason to keep him on the roster. You take him off and put him right, right into a good position where you sign him to a Split contract, it could even be a secret split contract. And what I mean by that is a lot of times they'll sign two contracts. One's fake. That's the one everybody sees. The one behind the scenes says you'll be on the <clears throat> you know, roster at this point, or they could put him back on the 60-day. You know? mm. um, but that that's going to happen, in my opinion, because they want to open it up in case they can maybe get a young buck again, maybe another good lefty or something. And okay. But we'll see. It makes sense. I mean, if they would non-tender Brubaker, bring him back on a minor league deal, it's sort of like what they did with Clay Holmes um, his last year in Pittsburgh. And, you know, I, I think you'd have a little bit of leverage because he's hurt and maybe nobody wants to bring him back and commit to that ARB number. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, that wouldn't shock me either. Um, I do, from a baseball and a human standpoint, I do hope Brubaker's back, and I think Brubaker will influence this team in a positive way. This season, I do really believe that. I completely agree, and I think he learned a lot. I, I don't think he wasted yeah. his time, you know, being hurt. A lot of guys <clears throat> kind of go through the motions, and they kind of goof off and stuff. He was, he was engaged. no, he was there he was all engaged. the time, yep. man, all the time. Yep. And we've seen, you know, fans have not been unaware of like the Lonnie Chisenhalls of the world, you know, where they, <laughs> yep. they get paid. There's a locker. Um, and it's like a running joke. They're just completely MIA. Brubaker was the exact opposite of that. He was in the dugout with teammates in meetings. Um, and I mean, he's just like, he's just a good person. He's a good husband, father, like cares yeah. about this stuff, um, has good stuff. I there's, there's makeup there. There's a lot of stuff there for me that like when he gets back, he's going to impact this team and Burroughs the same way. I feel yeah. the same way about Burroughs. Like we talk about young pitchers needing to break through. I mean, it's going to be a tough season for these two guys to come back and, you know, the training wheels are going to be on and you're going to be more worried about their long-term arm health, certainly. But I do think those guys, it will be very important when they come back. And I also want the Pirates to bring back Vince Velasquez. I think that makes a lot of sense to do that. And, you know, it's going to help a lot when these guys get back in, whatever happens with Paul Skeens or whatever, that's going to supplement your rotation. But, I mean, it is very much a concern for me how we get from where we're at right now to getting those guys back because it's not like you can say oh Bubba Chandler Anthony Salamedo Jared Jones like here you guys go opening day you'll be fine like no doesn't really work either you kind of you need some present you have some future you need present yeah and I I hope they just completely kick people out of the way and take it over but yeah you want to 
you don't want to put that type of pressure on anybody that's, you know, trying to still find their footing in the game, let alone the big leagues. Yeah. So the Pirates made a couple moves too um, with the Rule 5 roster deadline. This is the time where we have a bunch of random deadlines every other day. Uh, Tuesday was the deadline for the Pirates to set their 40-man roster in advance of the Rule 5 draft, which will happen to warrant the winter meetings in Nashville. They added two, Braxton Ashcraft, Sung Chi Cheng. Um, two interesting players. I can't say I'm terribly surprised by either one fort. Um, I was a little shocked that maybe they didn't go with Jace Bowen, but I think when you look at the Rule 5 draft, traditionally, those types don't really make it outfielder first base types and i think <clears throat> the idea that they have to stick on a roster for the entire year generally gets phased out in in, in here Me mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore need a fast most items can ship overnight plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Meaning like you generally have better offensive options. You're going to commit playing time to better offensive producers than guys that you're going to get in the Rule 5 draft. So I don't know. Were you surprised by anybody else? Anybody I'm missing with the Rule 5 stuff? Yeah, you said one double A outfielder. Another another outfielder that you brought up. What was his name? Um, Gorski. Gorski. Gorski one. was not not added. Yeah, um, along was, with Malcolm Nunez, they were two left off. Yeah, I Nunez not a surprise. Uh, having all, kind of an injury up and down season and not performing the way he could have. Yeah. But uh, Gorski being young, I've I've heard nothing but good things about that kid. So that yeah. was a little bit of a surprise. Um, but I mean, you have a talented outfield core and. If you put Henry Davis as just an outfielder, that, that gets really, really uh, deep. And they don't really have any place for those guys to go. And like you said, you can't really hide those guys. You you yeah, can exactly. more than ever, I guess, with the idea of the DH instead of having a pitcher. I mean, because they could sit over there, but you want to carry – most teams want to carry that defensive middle infielder instead of a, a, an outfielder in the corners or a first baseman. And I, I, I don't know if you saw, there was a really cool segment – showing that the value of that first baseman is dying. And really? They, they showed, no, I've not seen that. They showed the money that's being spent on on that side of the infield, especially at first base, and how drastically different it is at third and uh, shortstop. They, they use Freeman, um, they use Olsen, and they use Goldschmidt, and they're all under $200 million for like six to eight years. Like, And you looked at the shortstops and second baseman all the way up the middle, completely different. Hmm. It's crazy, yeah. I mean, that's one thing that I think is applicable to the Pirates for it, that if you look at their infield, it's configured differently than most are. Mm -hmm. I think if you look at most infields, you're not expecting your flashiest at bats to come from a shortstop. You're not expecting a shortstop to have a 30-30-40-40 season. Mm -hmm. um, you're expecting a lot of thump from your first baseman. Great. Yep. 
Um, Key Bryan, if he would continue what he did from August 1st on, I mean, that provides a typical above average something. I mean, very good production at third base. And if that's your left side of the infield, Key Bryan and O'Neill, I think you can live with a little less at first. I, I really do. And I, I honestly think that defense, defense, defense might play up a little bit more in that situation. I mean, not like Key needs any help, but I don't mind having somebody over there to make sure he continues providing gold glove defense. Um, I think it helps O'Neill to have somebody mm-hmm. like Carlos Santana or even what I think Jared Triolo can become over there. I think you can prioritize different things. You don't look at a first baseman and say, oh, my gosh, I you know, I need this guy to hit 30 bombs and, and have an 870 OPS or something. Like, no, I don't. I kind of need him to you know, get on base a little bit. I need him to be responsible. I need him to – you know, provide a little bit of thump, 15 to 20 in the middle of my order is pretty good, but I, I should be able to count on stuff from Jack, from Reynolds, um, even from Kutch, Henry Davis, if he grows into something, Andy Rodriguez. I mean, they they theoretically could be getting plus offensive production behind the plate. Mm-hmm. So, like, if it and, – and we've been round and round this whole idea about spending at first base, but, like, if it becomes Triolo, great. I, I, I am largely fine with that. <laughs> Um, I just would want to maybe see them insulate a little bit more where you're not saying like, okay, it has to be Jared Triolo. Like I I'd, I'd want him to maybe platoon with somebody and then beat them out. Ideally something like that. Yeah. And I mean, you didn't even think about Joe too. I mean, it, there's not enough at bats yeah. to go around. Yeah. And if you, if you put them all together and I, I do think like if, if O'Neill comes out and he's 30, 30, I think key Brian's going to hit 20. You're almost guaranteed that both those, outfielders and Sawinski and Reynolds are both going to hit 25. I mean, you're looking at a different lineup. I mean, you're looking at power, you're looking at speed. And if they can let these guys figure out who they are and have an identity, a triolo really fits in a lineup, you know, doesn't strike out a lot. It takes good at bats, walks. You're going to need guys that cuts because the walk rate needs to go up uh, across the, across the board without the strikeouts. And I thought he did a great job with that. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, we could have potentially five, six guys, maybe even seven that have 20 homers plus. And then you think about how athletic we are. I think we trend to the team more like diamondbacks, but I think we have more pop. We just don't play in that type of field. Yeah. I'd settle for, you know, even a a distilled version of all of that stuff. I think I'd be good with it. I I still don't see how everything fits together at this point. I I don't either. There's at least one move to be made. Like when it comes to catcher, first base, right field, DH, like, there's there's one too many cooks in the kitchen. If you're able to combine that with some prospects and make something like mortgage some of that into pitching, I think that makes sense for me. I'd like to see them do that. Um, and to just kind of put a bow on my thoughts anyway on the Rule 5 stuff, I was not terribly surprised. I think Jace Bowen is the one. I, I saw him play in the Arizona Fall League, and I really like him as a player. But he has not had a ton of time above high A. Um He's 23. Is he going to stick on a major league roster? Like I can kind of hedge my bets. You know, he is, he's at 120 homer season. If the pirates swing and miss on this, I guess I kind of get it, you know, and I understand more with Gorski and Nunez. You hit on this a little bit, but you know, Gorski swung and missed still too much for me. He's not getting on base enough for what they need. Um, I don't, I don't think he's ready for the major leagues. That's not a mark against him. I just think it, there's more development there. There was not enough health with Nunez. And I mean, Nunez passed through healthy and productive in 2022 going into this year. He was not healthy and not terribly productive this past season. Like, I don't, I don't have any reason to believe 
either one of those guys would be claimed. Ashcraft, though, is somebody that I'm really glad they protected. I think this kid can be electric. Man, I really do. Like, mm-hmm. I put him, if healthy, he's coming back from TJ this year, but, like, he should be in that conversation with Chandler, Solomato, Jones, you know, these young electric arms, um, you know, obviously does it a little bit differently, but I think somebody with some health that'll start turning heads this year. I'm glad they added him. Yeah. And I mean, you, you look back to last year, Mackie. I mean, how many guys did we lose? I mean, there was a ton of guys that oh, got God. picked up. 12, 12. Yeah. yeah Sable and, was the one in the major league phase and then 11 in the minor league phase. Yeah. So they're going to lose guys. I mean, that that's part of being good. You know, when you shouldn't when you be have, losing 11 Fort. Yeah. You shouldn't be losing 11, <laughs> but it just, I, I hope it's not like, Hey, we know best. We know better. Um, I, I hope it's just like, Hey, we, we understand where we're at. This is, you know, part of the plans. We're going to have to lose some guys and just let it be, but you know, you'd ha- hate for any of them to hit, but hopefully, like you said, you know, Bowen and some of these guys that they've picked, they just, you know, run their race and they become really, really good players. Yeah. Thank you as always folks for watching pitching in we have one more topic to get to and i'll i'll set ford up for that for just want to say thank you to the north north shore tavern and everybody that tunes in every week we enjoy doing this very much uh but the last thing we want to tackle here um is henry davis in fort you've been having some conversations in the past week with some people you and i have talked about this a little bit um this is something that it would be neat in my opinion um i'm not sure if i share these opinions but I understand where people would be coming from with them. But with that, has your heart and mind been changing at all on Henry Davis? I, I believe in Henry Davis. Um, as a catcher, as an outfielder? Both. As a um, reader at Walmart? What? <laughs> no, I, I both, just not a DH. And I, okay. I, have, a, I have a strong reason for that. Um, he'll, he'll figure it out in the outfield. But I think if you look at the team and the way it's structured, having him be able – to catch. And I think he could be good at it. And I talked to a couple people with a lot of credibility. One of them is deemed the godfather of catching Jerry Weinstein. And he said, man, I loved Henry. He was on, he was on my, on my board to draft with Colorado. And that's what he does. He evaluates that. And he always uses the example of you can tame a bull, but you can't turn a donkey into a bull. And yeah, it may look good. It does its job, but it can't be a bull. So pull the reins back, let him slow the game down, do some things that, you know, maybe are different for him, but he can only do it if he gets a chance to catch. And I, I, I don't know if spring training is going to be enough to be able to get the reps he needs in the outfield and behind the plate. I know a way to do it. I know he would do it this way, but I don't know if they'll let him where he floats back and forth to get all he needs, but we'll see. I, I do think it makes the team so much better. I agree with that. I agree with that. And that's provided he hits, of course. Right, and, um, and I, th- I think he will, especially if he has something else to focus on because that man never stops talking about hitting, ever. Not yeah. not like right now, if he's awake, he's talking about hitting. His he loves fiance. it, right? Poor, his poor fiance. Oh, I, bet, I bet she just – Henry, I bet she doesn't even November. Hear it. <laughs> yep. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it up, 365 man. days of hockey season. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you think Henry Davis is outside of a batting cage somewhere? His buddies are playing golf. He's like ripped his there, there's two guarantees. What's that? Nolan Arenado at some point in the next 10 minutes is going to get into his stance and get his rhythm. Number two, Henry Davis is either watching film, talking about hitting, or fantasizing about it. No doubt in my mind. What do you mean about Arenado? What is, he's going to get in his stance and get his rhythm. So he, 
we we'd be out to dinner and he'll he'll start wiggling and get really yeah i i can't say it gary jones did it i did it but i've never seen anybody like him he'll grab a bat and middle conversation start working on that rhythm (laughs) it's like obnoxious golf swing guy Everybody yeah. has a friend that just but they, he didn't, they he didn't talk out about their it. golf swing in the middle of whatever activity. Yeah, he didn't he didn't talk about it. He just starts working his rhythm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If there's a pirate to be doing that, Henry Davis would absolutely be my bet. And that's one of the reasons why people have you know sort of clapped back at me via email or Twitter or whatever, and they're angry about Henry Davis, and I certainly get it. But like, he works his tail off. Man, he's like, intelligent. Oh, he's it, intelligent. It, it, he cares. Like. If you give him the offseason and say, Henry, we need you to not suck at right field, I am pretty darn confident that Henry Davis is going to not suck at right field. I completely uh, agree. It's not what they're doing, yeah. uh, and we can debate that, but I like he would come back a competent right fielder. Um, the catching thing, and that that's what I worry about for it. Like, yeah, he could probably be a competent catcher. I understand where you're coming from with that. But then at what cost? Like, you already have Andy Rodriguez. You have a DH in Kutch. So, like, is Henry Davis then uh, – do they split starts behind the plate? And are you telling me Eddie's going to play three games a week and Henry's going to play three and then there's an off day? Like, I, I don't think that's the best thing for the Pirates lineup. Like, I think somebody needs to go somewhere else. And honestly, maybe – I know people aren't going to want to hear this, but maybe that's what ends up happening. Maybe they're going to try to platoon Henry – in Kutch, I don't know, in right field, Henry Kutch and maybe Connor Joe or something like that. Maybe you try to platoon Endy in Triolo at first base, you know, to get these guys other reps. And I mean, I guess I can see it. I'd still like to see them add at first base and add some offense there. And I think they will, but I understand that line of thinking a little bit. So Indy's stats, not this year, but last year, 320 something, 25, I think 90, I don't know exactly. He played first base. He played a little bit of outfield. He played second base and he caught. Why that's not still being put in the conversation that his best production throughout the minor leagues was when he was catching four days a week and playing other positions other days of the week. That should be in the mix, which ultimately makes Henry Davis even more valuable to be behind the plate. Whoever's hitting's playing, period. Like, And then you have DeLay yeah. who balances them both out, can come in late in games. And if you... Want to keep Indy in the ball game, which you need him in the ball game. You throw him at first base if he's if he's average or above average. If not, you bring him out. You throw in, you throw him behind the plate late in games. It just gives you so much flexibility when you have two athletes that can catch. Yeah, you know I what mean, I mean. That, that's that's what they were going for this entire time. Um, I just again, don't know why they didn't do it with both. You know what I mean? Like I, I still we had that conversation and I still haven't got an answer. I've tried to talk to a couple people. It's like why didn't they do this with both guys? in the minor leagues, bring them up. And then you have, you have a Swiss army knife. I mean, they kind of did though for it. Well, they, they, no, they, they said, Andy, you, need, you need to be better behind the plate. Yeah. And, and his offense took a hit and that, that usually yeah. happens, but like he was taking it on. Like that was the focus. That's what I need to do. And then he started hitting at the end. If he hits like he hits his entire minor league career, you can't not have him in the lineup. Almost that every is true. game. That is true. You know, he, he's, he's a middle of the order players. presence. Yeah. Right. Right. And I mean, Henry theoretically should be too. I mean, he's taking one, one. Correct. You, know, you see guys like that anchoring lineups right now and the, the pirates and their fans are not insane for wanting that out of Henry. So like, 
that's not, I'm going to catch three days a week and then sit three. Right. And, and that's not what, as of now, the, the assumption we're operating under with Kutch and the DH, like DH is not terribly open. Yeah. And, I mean, and what Kutch, do you do? It's going to have to be another position. Yeah. Kutch wants to play outfield. Him and yes. Brock are on the same page. Yep. Uh, he doesn't just want to play right either. He wants to be able to move around and feels comfortable doing it uh, to help facilitate all these moving pieces. Cause outside of rentals, yep. you know, you look at the outfield situation, you have some streaky guys. Yeah. So like when, when Jack, you know, ultimately he's going to have a, a spot where he struggles just like anybody else, but he took some huge strides. I think if, he had that three-day grace period like Hurdle used to do. Yep. It could play wonders for him. We saw it last year. And I think you got to be able to be able to do that and allow Kutch go and be the, you know, the general. Maybe he's not the same guy as he used to be, but I think he's smarter than he's ever been. Yep. So I think he'll still play really good defense, maybe even his best defense. I'm going to claim that now after yep. spending some time with him. Uh, if he's healthy, I, I really think he's going to have some really – really good things happening if they let him do it. <clears throat> yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, I hope mm -hmm. you're right. I think it makes the most sense for the team. I think it makes the most sense for the city. Like, bring them back, play the field, makes it all work. Doesn't have one person hoarding the DH spot. You know, Kutch knows that. So, I yes, I, I agree with all that. Uh, we will see where they go, though. I think there are bigger fish to fry at the moment, though, in my opinion, and that would be on the pitching yep. side. Um, yep. Absolutely need to get more pitching or everything that we're talking about here is a moot yep. point. I have one last question for you, actually. Okay. One, be praying that there's no 18-second rule. Like, I mean, two seconds. I don't, if you saw How about that MLB, today. man? Wow. I mean, right? We like, shortened the games by 30 minutes. Like, nah, nah, we want a little more. A yeah. little more off the top. Didn't quite shave that enough. Yeah, like, yeah, Cunha comes out and stills 107 next year. Um, but uh, that that's just a funny um, – yeah. who – if if – not who do you wish, who do you think is our first free agent sign? Hmm. Somebody asked me that the other day, and I was like, oh, that's a pretty good question. I pretty think what? it'll be a pitcher, but I, I was wondering, and does it happen before the winter meetings? No. I don't, I don't think, think so it either. happens before the winter meetings. I don't either. I, I feel like it's going to be slow played this year just because the way it's stacked at the top for some reason. I'm going to go with Jack Flaherty, but it, ha it happens in middle December. I think talks are like talk groundwork is laid at the winter meetings, but they don't get it done. Um, but I think that that goes well enough that the deal gets done in mid December. That's my and for when is the winter meetings for everybody listening? December third through the seventh. Okay, I like it. Yep, I like you it. going. Ground, um, I'm working on it. Working I on it. yeah, I I'm sitting down with somebody hopefully before Thanksgiving to see if I can get in the room. Okay. And and listen, if not, I'll be in a room with another team, and I don't know if I want to do that. Okay. So, I hope you're there, Fuddy. Hope you're yeah. there. All I right. You. Thank you for watching. As always, like I said, like, subscribe. You can check out all of our Post Gazette content on this channel. Um, we're pitching in. Fort, thank you very much, and we will uh, talk to you all again next week. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.